And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. Eagle Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Willard Waterman stars as Summerfield's water commissioner, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, on The Great Gildersleeve from 1951. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics that start with the letter A, and I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? Well... To clarify, it's the title of the song that begins with the letter A, not the song lyrics, necessarily. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, title of the song. It's the title of the song. Okay. Okay. We've only been doing this 16 years. I was going to say, years. we've been doing it for a while, so I think we got it now. Yeah. So these are all songs that begin By with the letter Jove, A. By Jove, I think I've got By it. By what? By Jove, I think Jove? I've got Jove. Who's Joe? I think it's Jove. Joe? <laughs> Isn't it Joe? Is it Joe or Joe? By George. Oh, by George. No, they say by Jove over I've never across heard that. the pond. I've never heard Jove. By Jove, I think they've I got think it's it. George. I don't think so. I'm agreeing with Lisa. It's from time. My Fair Lady. I think it's by Jove. No, Jove. Who's Jove? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the crevice of my brain. I think it's from My Fair Lady. By George, George I, I think, think he's got, got it. it. Anyhow, right. the rain in Spain stays mainly, mainly on, the, on the plane. So anyhow, we can you think of any songs whose title begins with the letter A? Yeah. Like what? Give I don't one. know. One. Just give me one. All Shook Up. Good one. I didn't All choose that All Shook one. Up. Mm-hmm. Good one. Uh-huh. Okay. So here is the first song. All right. Okay. Yes. Somebody once told me the Some... world is going to roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb Dumb. with her finger and her thumb Thumb. in the shape of an L on her forehead. I forgot to ask Mike how many you're going to get right. I think he's going to get one. One. Okay. We're losing faith in your car. The last one. Okay. Okay. Um, Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Don't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back street? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never, never shine if, if you, you don't, don't glow. Never shine if you don't glow. Yeah. That's it. That took you right up to the chorus. Give me the. Give me right up to the chorus. I did. That, give, it, give it to me again. Um. So what's wrong with taking the back street? You'll you'll never know if you don't wait. <laughs> I lost my rhythm. Yeah, give me the rhythm. Um, I just so much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back seat? You'll never know if you don't go. You never, never know shine if you if don't, you don't go. glow. You never shine if you don't glow. glow. Right? Mm-hmm. And then that's it. 
All I want to do is... Hey now. Hey now. I don't know. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Oh, hey now. Da 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 da. Hey now. That's right. Yeah. That's uh, right. Hey the da da is the title. Da 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 da. That's correct. Hey now. Hey now. Ba da da da. Hey now. Yeah. Give me the line just before it. The, hey now is the line hey just now. before it. I wasn't going to give you that, but I did. Hey now. Hey now. I don't know. Okay, let's listen. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. This is from Shrek, too. Not only from Shrek, but it is in Shrek. The all-star called by Smash Mouth. Hey now, you're an all-star. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. It's a great song. It is. I only pick great songs, even if you don't believe great that. Great song. Yeah, I think so, too. Very catchy, too. Uh, All right. Well, you want to hit the button for yourself? <laughs> There you go. Okay. I hear that. I hear that sound a lot. <laughs> yes, hear it in my sleep, sleep. Right, yeah. for sure. Okay. 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 All right. I'm holding hey on. Now. No, I had to get my rhythm star. back. Shush, shush, shush. Ready? Right. I'm holding on your rope. Got me ten I'm what? feet. I'm holding on your rope. Got me ten feet off the ground, and I'm hearing what you say, but I just can't make a sound. You tell me that you need me, then you go and cut me down. But wait. You tell me that you're sorry. Don't think I'd turn around and say that it's all right. No, that it's it's too late. Um, can you give me more? Well, that next part is the is the is the title right after that. Listen, I'm holding on your rope. Got me ten. I'm holding on, on your rope. rope. Got me ten, ten feet, feet off, off the, the ground. ground. Got me ten feet off the ground. Yeah. And I'm hearing what you say, but I just can't make a sound. Uh-huh. You tell me that you need me, then you go and cut me down. But wait, you tell me that you're sorry. Don't think I turn around and say that it's. I don't know. Okay. I'm not getting it. No, I hear that. <laughs> not happening. Okay. Maybe Mike's right. Let's hear it. I'm holding on your rope, got me ten feet off, off the ground. It's a good song too. And I'm hearing what you say, but I just can't make a sound. I want a record deal. I know. You tell me that you need me, then you go and cut me down. <laughs> Good, good voice. Apologize. Apologize. This Who sings this? Timbaland and One Republic. Man, what a voice. Huh? Great song. Who sings better, me or him? I'm going to have to go with him on this one. You might need some voice lessons. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a listener this week that I talked to on the phone because she was 
kind enough to order the 60 for 60. And she called and said, by the way. Right. Just want to let you know. Yes. You have a very nice singing voice. Oh, well, that was Wasn't that nice sweet of her? of her to say that? I mean, I don't know how she really feels said, about oh, it. I said, oh, man, nice no, she was being say. sincere. I said, oh, that's so nice. That's Made because my whole I always, day. That's because I always give. Made my day. I always give you a hard time. very kind. <laughs> I, I know I don't sing well, folks. I, I get it. I, I understand. But, I, you know, I, I'm a frustrated singer. <laughs> Too late. And I'm going to leave oh, that one right there. How about this one? Too late. Too late. Yeah, it's good. You sound really good. (laughs) (laughs) You sound so good. All right, we only got another minute. All right. Here we go. I have a whole other song here. I hear the drums echoing tonight, but she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. She's coming in 1230 flight. Moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. <laughs> <laughs> Just play it because we only I stopped we don't have an any old time. man along the way, hoping to find some long forgotten words. Or All right, we don't have melodies. any time. Just oh play gosh. it. I don't know it. Okay. I hear the drums echo in the night. She hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. All slow songs. She didn't pick a she didn't pick Are one you fast kidding? song. Not one this fast is song. Africa by Toto. Right. My fault. Not one rock and roll song, Mike. All these ballads. These are great. All three great songs. All right, songs. thanks. The Great Gildersleeve is up next. Stick around. Great songs. Great Gildersleeve. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. The character of Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve was so popular on Fibber McGee and Molly that uh, Kraft Foods said, hey, let's spin it off. We'll sponsor it. Make it its own series, The Great Gildersleeve. And that's exactly what happened in 1941. Hal Perry played that role on Fibber McGee and Molly and then in its own series, The Great Gildersleeve. But in 1950, Hal Perry left for another series called Honest Herald, and Willard Waterman came in and played that role all the way till the end of the show, 1957. And then when it transitioned to television in 1955, he played it on TV. And I was very lucky to get to know Willard Waterman quite a bit when he was alive. He was a great guy, very tall. He was like 6'5". And he played the great Gildersleeve 
for a long, long time. This is a broadcast where Bronco and Marjorie try to buy a lot for their future home, November 7th, 1951, part one of the great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the great Gildersleeve. Great Gildersleeve is brought to you partially transcribed by the Kraft Foods Company. Kraft, you know, makes Philadelphia brand cream cheese, the cream cheese that's been famous for quality since 1880. Delicious, creamy white Philadelphia brand is so popular, it outsells all other brands of cream cheese combined. Enjoy it often. Just be sure you get genuine Philadelphia brand when you buy. Look for the red Kraft K on the silvery package. Remember, there's only one Philadelphia brand cream cheese, and it's made by Kraft and guaranteed fresh. Well, there's considerable activity at the great Gildersleeve's house tonight. The porch light is on, and the mat says welcome. Still, there is an unmistakable air of tension. The occasion is the regular monthly visit of Marjorie's in-laws, Mr. and Mrs. Thompson. Leroy, have you washed behind your ears? I not only washed them, I polished them. Look at them shine. <laughs> hey, good boy. You know how Mrs. Thompson always makes you stand inspection? Yeah. Uncle, was she ever in the Army? <laughs> I don't know. If she was, she was a sergeant. <laughs> Can I dust that table, Mr. Gillsleeve? Bertie, you've dusted the living room three times. Yes, sir. But when Miss Thompson runs her finger over a table, she always picks up dust. That woman got hands like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> well, every time she comes over, she always finds fault with something. Yes, sir. You wonder what she'll start tonight. I think she's covered everything. They'll be here any minute. I better run my coat so she can't pick on me. <laughs> hey, Unc, you dropped your bank book. Here. Yeah, thank you, Leroy. Hey, look what it says here. Five hundred bucks. Gosh, do you have that much money in the bank? Shh, Leroy, let's not shout it from the rooftops. I've been salting it away. Yeah? How about making my allowance a little saltier? <laughs> I'm saving this to buy a car. I thought I'd trade in the old one and surprise the little family with a new one. Yeah, nearly new, anyway. Oh, boy, can I get down and help you pick it out? You will see. Is everything in order down here, Ronky? Yeah, we're all set, Marjorie. Where's Bronco? Oh, he'll be down in a minute. He couldn't shave until I finished with the mirror. Yeah. You know, I should bring the twins down? Well, they're asleep now. We put them in the little sewing room so we wouldn't disturb them while we dress. Good. Yeah, I hope Mr. Thompson recognized them tonight. He's so absent-minded. Yeah. Last time he thought I was one of the twins. <laughs> oh, he's a dear, even if he does get a little mixed up at times. Maybe that's how he happened to marry Mrs. Thompson. <laughs> Uncle Moore! Here they are! Battle stations! Leroy, <laughs> not so loud. Well, well, Mr. and Mrs. Thompson, come in. Good evening, Mr. Gildersleeve. And Marjorie, how are you, dear? Hello, Mother Thompson. It's so nice to see you. Good evening, Leroy. Hi. Hey, Mrs. Thompson, aren't you coming in? Uh, yes, but Gildersleeve, did you know your porch light is on? Yes, indeed. Are you expecting company? <laughs> you, Mr. Thompson. Oh, 
Well, I'm here. You can turn it off now. Uh, Martha's here, too. Somewhere. Martha! Uh, she just went in the parlor. Come on, we'll join her. Oh, for Gildersleeve, you've grown a mustache. <laughs> Mr. Thompson, I've always had a mustache. Oh, of course. Oh, it's Leroy who didn't have a mustache. <laughs> oh, brother. I'm glad I got homework to do. Well, here comes Bronco. Hello, Dad. Well, hello, son. How are you, Mother? Bronco, you weren't at the door to greet your mother. I almost made it. Sorry, Mother. I'm afraid that's my fault, Mother Thompson. I was using the mirror. No, I was looking for my shoes. We can't get everything into one closet up there. Oh? Mr. Gildersleeve, I don't know how you people manage here. Well, Mrs. Thompson... There are we... too many of you in this small house. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. She sure will. And since the twins came, my... Now, Mother... Oh, the it... twins? Oh, yes, the twins. <laughs> I thought somebody was missing. Uh, where are the grandchildren? Uh, they're up in the sewing room, Mr. Thompson. I'll bring them down later. The sewing room? Aren't they young to be sewing? <laughs> They're taking a nap, Mr. Thompson. Well, what if somebody wants to sew? Well... Edward, you brought up a very interesting point. I did? It seems a pity that Bronco and dear Marjorie don't have room to... Uh, to expand. Well, Mother Thompson, they've done fairly well. Twins, you know. <laughs> Honestly, Mr. Gildersleeve. I got that, didn't you, Martha? Twins? That's very droll, Gildersleeve. <laughs> Edward? <laughs> yes, Martha? It worries me that the children don't have more room. Now, Mother, we aren't too cramped. It's been very nice of Mr. Gildersleeve to share his house with us. Yeah, glad to do it. We're really very comfortable, Mother Thompson. Oh, when I think of those darling twins cooped up in that tiny sewing room. Oh, Mrs. Thompson, it isn't as bad as you make it sound. Oh, I know how tiny it is. I stuck my head in there once. Was there room for anything else, Martha? <laughs> uh, yes, Martha. Yes, well, what do we do this evening? Cards? Great idea, Mr. Gildersleeve. How about canasta? I'll get the decks. Wait, Bronco. Mr. Gildersleeve, I hadn't finished talking. Oh, sorry. I should have realized that. <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve, when Marjorie and Bronco were first married, it was very generous of you to take them into your home. But there's no reason for you to be inconvenienced any longer. Now, Mrs. Thompson, I'm not being inconvenienced. I think you are. And now that the twins are getting more active, the logical thing to do is move the family to our house. Don't you agree, Edward? Why, yes. Uh, when can you move over, Gildersleeve? <laughs> she doesn't mean me, Mr. Thompson. Naturally, I'm referring to Bronco, Marjorie, and the twins. By the way, where are the twins? Oh, good heavens, Edward. Uh, oh, yes, yes. What do you think, Marjorie? Well... It's awfully kind of you to invite us. Nonsense. It's the only sensible thing. Don't you think so, Bronco? Why, yes. Oh, oh Bronco. <laughs> well, Mother, as you say, we would have more room, but... Then it's it... all settled. Oh, my goodness. Now, Mother, it isn't settled. We'll think it over, but we just don't want to be pushed into anything. Yeah, that's right, Bronco. Let's not rush into this. Give it a lot of thought. Bronco, I'll call you tomorrow. I hope you understand, Mr. Gildersleeve. You have a lovely little home. But after all, we have a whole wing that isn't being used. She has more than one wing, the old bitch. <laughs> Gildersleeve, you have to think of something. Fast.
morning, Bertie. Morning, Mr. Gillsleeve. You're down early this morning. Yeah, I didn't sleep very well last night, Bertie. No, sir. Bertie didn't sleep good either. You didn't? No, sir. I tried counting sheep going over the fence, but all I could see was Miss Marjorie and them twins going over to Miss Thompson's. Well, it's quite a problem, Bertie. How's the coffee coming? It's ready and plenty of it. Yeah, thank you, Bertie. Mr. Gillsleeve, do you really think they'd leave here? Well, let's face it. They are a little crowded here. Mrs. Thompson has a big house. She made it sound pretty logical. Mr. Gillsleeve, has Miss Marjorie and Mr. Bronco ever talked any more about building a house? Well, they've considered it. That's taking a big step. Yes, sir. And I've been thinking about that vacant lot next door. Who? That lot's just sitting there waiting for somebody to take the big step. Now, if they have to move somewhere, wouldn't it be nice if they could move right next door? Right, George, Bertie, I've just had a great idea. Yes, sir? You why not I try to get Marjorie and Bronco to buy that lot next door? Yes, sir, you sure did have a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'll have to be diplomatic about it. As Bronco says, the kids don't like to be pushed into things. Yeah, I better not even mention the lot next door. I'll just start them thinking about building again. <laughs> You're sly, Gildersleeve. Good morning, Ike. Good morning, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, sit down, Marjorie. Bronco, my boy. Seems I got down a little early. No, I think we're late, Mr. Gildersleeve. Marge and I were up in our room discussing things. Yeah, that's right. Mrs. Thompson gave you something to think about, didn't she? Unky, if we do move over there, you'll understand, won't you? Well, Marjorie, you have a lot of things to consider, you know. Yes, we do. Of course, it's been fine here for just Bronco and me, but but we do have the twins to think about. Besides, Mr. Gildersleeve, it doesn't seem fair to crowd you all the time. Yeah, Bronco, don't think about me. Yeah, I can see that you need more room, but uh, what happened to your plan to build a home of your own? Oh, we're still dreaming of that. Yeah, but I don't know if we can swing it. Well, it might be worth looking into. There are quite a few good lots around. You might discover one right under your nose. <laughs> That's possible. A lot of young couples manage to build homes somehow. Yeah, that's the spirit. If you feel you have to move, why move in with Mother Thompson? Yeah, I mean, why make a temporary arrangement? Go out on your own. Build. Look to the future. Oh, do you think we could, Bronco? Well, there's nothing I'd like better than to build my own roof over my wife and children. Oh, isn't he wonderful, Auntie? You bet. You know, the more I think about it, the better I like the idea. Marge, before we make any decision, we ought to explore the possibilities. We might just be able to afford it. Yeah, boy. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Oh, Bronco, if we could move into our own home, why, it'd be our dream come true. It'd be better than moving in with a nightmare. <laughs> What'd you say, Mr. Gildersleeve? Yeah, I said uh, you might find you can make the move with money to spare. <laughs> Zeef, that was close. <laughs> So do you know who's playing Bronco on this episode, Lisa? That's Richard Crenna. You know, the actor Richard Crenna. And then Mary Lee Robb is uh, Marjorie. Walter Tetley, of course, as Leroy. And Joseph Kearns is playing the absent-minded father-in-law there. And, of course, Willard Waterman as Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, Summerfield's water commissioner. November 7th, 1951 broadcast. More of The Great Gildersleeve after this. I'll 
If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Don't forget, folks, Lisa Wolf and I co-host a podcast. It's a weekly podcast that Mike Costella produces called Radio Rarities. And uh, you don't have to subscribe to anything. It's absolutely free. You can listen to it wherever podcasts are disseminated. You can go to iHeart. You can go to Spotify, Apple, Google, Acast, anywhere it is available you can just go um, to your Google search engine and just type in Radio Rarities, and it will pop up. It's a very, very cool podcast. Very proud of it. Carl Shadow writes it. We take a half hour, generally it's a half hour classic radio show that is very rare. Maybe a special uh, show of some sort. Maybe it was an audition program or the very first episode from a series or like uh, we're about to do one, Nick, or we're about to do Nightbeat with Edmund O'Brien. Of course, everybody remembers Frank Lovejoy playing Randy Stone, newspaper reporter for uh, Nightbeat. But the audition had Edmund O'Brien. So we uh, played that. Or maybe it's a blooper show or whatever the case may be. But they're a lot of fun, right, Lisa? I mean, this show, uh, Radio Rary, is very, very... Um, very proud of it. I think it's great. Right. I'm, I've really learned a lot um, since we started doing it, and I feel like it really gives the listener insight into the radio show that really goes deep and delves into the background of the show and the stars and, and the history, and so it really educates the listener on the show, and I just think it you appreciate the show that much more yeah. after you've had a chance to learn so much about it. You know, these a lot of these shows have very storied past you know it's like how it was invented you know or who the uh, creator was or a lot of right. times it's like a literary work you know maybe it's dashiell hammett he wrote all these different characters and it evolved from one of his novels or just all kinds of ways and then it how it got onto the air and why they cast this actor i mean it is super detailed. And so, that's what makes it so different yeah. than Hollywood 360. So right. while they're both great, they're different than each other. Yep. And it is a scripted series. So like Hollywood 360, we have no scripts. It's it's basically just um, us uh, bantering and having fun and being on the air. But with Radio Rarities, it is a scripted series written by the great Carl Shadow. And I, I hope you will check it out. As I said, it's available free wherever podcasts are heard. So just search it, Radio Rarities. 
All right, we're listening to the Great Gildersleeve, November 7th, 1951, Willard Waterman as star. Here's the conclusion. Yeah, George, I've built a fire under Bronco. Now I'll have to keep it going. Yeah, I'll work it through Judge Hooker. He can find out who owns the lot next door. You hope he's in. Therefore, the defendant, hereinafter referred to as the party of the second part... He's in, but he's dictating. ...categorically denies the allegations of the plaintiff. You pardon me, Judge. One moment, Gilday. I'm dictating. Yeah, I know. The party of the second part denies that his cow named Bossy jumped the party of the first part's fence and trampled his melon patch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The old goat's defending a cow. <laughs> Judge, I have to talk to you. Very well, Gilda. I was just using my new dictaphone. You? Yeah. What made you decide to get one of those? I prefer it to a secretary. The dictaphone isn't always getting telephone calls from boyfriends during office hours. <laughs> What's on your mind this morning? Uh, Judge, I've just about talked Marjorie and Bronco into building a home. You have? Ah. So the lovebirds are going to have a nest of their own. You bet. And I want you to find out who owns the lot next door to me. Oh? And then have the best real estate salesman you know submitted to Bronco today. I'm quite busy, Gilday. Can't you do that? You judge, you don't understand. Bronco and Margie don't like to be pushed into things. That's why they haven't jumped at Mother Thompson's invitation to move in with her. Oh, now I see. Yeah, I'm being subtle, Judge. Will you get on it right away? You may consider it done, old friend. Great. Now let me use your phone. Help yourself. Every young couple with a growing family should have their own little sanctuary against life's storms. For be it ever so humble... There's no place like home. Quiet, Judge, please. I'm calling Mrs. Thompson. Oh. Yeah, I can't wait to toss this monkey wrench into her scheme. Hello? Hello, Mother Thompson. This is Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, I knew you were going to call Bronco and Marjorie this morning about moving over. So before you repaper your wing, I thought I should tell you something. Oh? It seems they're going to build a home of their own. They're looking for a lot. Mr. Gildersleeve, was this your idea? You, well, I did tell him I thought it was a good plan. Busybody. You, Mother Thompson? You, Mother Thompson? You, Mother Thompson? She hung up. Hello, Bertie. Evening, Mr. Gildersleeve. You're home early. Yeah, I'm a little anxious to see Marjorie and Bronco. Are they home yet? No, sir. Miss Marjorie phoned this afternoon and said they were talking to a real estate man. You're good. The little plan is working, Bertie. I put the best real estate man in town on their trail. Yes, sir. <laughs> I wonder how Miss Thompson's going to feel when she hears this. She's heard it. Yeah, I made it a point to phone her this morning. So she wouldn't be after Marjorie and Bronco to move over there. Yes, sir. Mr. Gillsleeve, you sure are a smart man. Well, Mrs. Thompson's beginning to realize that, too. Just think, Bertie. They'll be living right next door. Won't that be nice? Yeah, they'll practically be living here. Running in and out. Twins crawling back and forth over the fence. With adjoining property, Bertie, we'll still be one big happy family. Yes, sir. Well, Bertie, look who's here. We had the most marvelous day. You're glad to hear it, Marjorie. Hello, Bronco. Mr. Gildersleeve, we're about to start on the big adventure. 
Unky, we're about to buy a lot. Great. Wisest step you've ever taken. Right, Bertie? Yes, sir. Oh, the real estate man was so nice. He made it all seem so easy. He did? Mm-hmm. You'll be surprised when you find out where the lot is. No, no, I won't. Will I, Bertie? No, sir. <laughs> oh, yes, you will. Yeah, no, I won't. I had an idea you'd settle on this lot next door. Next door? Oh, well, a man did call us about that lot, but the price is a little steep. Yeah, I knew you'd settle on... Yeah. What lot are you interested in? It's right across the street from the Thompsons. Zeke. <laughs> I wonder who told Mother we were looking at lots this morning. Yeah, I know. And I've got a good mind to punch him right in the nose. <laughs> the great Gildersleeve is a man who likes to keep the family circle intact. When it appeared that Marjorie, Bronco, and the twins might leave him for larger quarters at the Thompsons, he quickly sold them on the idea of buying a lot. Of course, the lot he had in mind was next door to him. But the lot they have in mind is across the street from Mrs. Thompson. Yeah, Bronco, I wouldn't buy that lot. In fact, any lot without looking into it thoroughly. Oh, we're not going off the deep end, Mr. Gildersleeve. But now that we've made up our minds, we want to move fast. Unky... You know we'd like to stay close to you, but we can't afford the lot next door. And we're so excited about getting started. Well, I understand, Marjorie, but we'd hate to lose you. Wouldn't we, Leroy? Yeah. That's awful good lot next door, Marge. It's good dirt. <laughs> we like it, Leroy, but it Piggy just... and I used to dig trenches over there. You ought to take a look. Best dirt I ever saw dug. <laughs> oh, you're sweet, Leroy. We'd take it in a minute, Leroy, but we can't spend all our money for a lot. We have to build a house, too. Well, actually, you'll save money next door. Piggy and I have practically dug your foundation. Uh, Leroy, they don't want a house that looks like a pretzel. Oh, that reminds me, Marge. I told Mother we'd stop by this morning. She has some ideas about the type house we should build on that lot. Yeah, I'll bet she has. She's just like you, Uncle Mort. She's getting the biggest kick out of all this. Yes, yes. Well, better be going, Marge. We have a busy day ahead. I'm ready. We promised to let the real estate man know by this evening. Uh, goodbye, Auntie Leroy. Uh, see you around. Bye. Bye. Unc. Yes, my boy? You beginning to feel lonesome? Yeah. Me too. It's a blue day. Unc, I have an idea. Hmm? You know, when Marge was with us, how... Leroy, she's still with us. Well, anyway, when she was blue, she always went downtown and bought a new hat or something. Yeah, it always seemed to help. Well, you and I are blue. Why don't we take your $500 out of the bank and go buy the new car? No, Leroy. <laughs> sure, Uncle. It'd do us good to take a ride. Leroy, I've already been taken for a ride. <laughs> What can I do for you this morning? Uh, nothing, Peavy. I just want to sit here at the fountain a minute. My brain is tired. You're okay. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of thinking. 
Well, the pharmacy carries rubbing alcohol for tired backs and liniment for tired muscles, but we haven't anything for tired brains. Unless you'd care to rub a little liniment on your head. <laughs> no, thanks, Petey. And I'm in no mood for levity. Well, I am. I don't mind saying I feel pretty frisky this morning. Well, bully for you. I got up this morning before the alarm went off. I like to catch it napping once in a while. Yes, yes. I took my setting up exercise. I prepared breakfast for Mrs. Peavy and the parrot and got a cheery thank you in return. Yeah, I guess women appreciate that sort of thing. And the thank you was from the parrot. <laughs> Mrs. Peavy won't talk until after her second cup of coffee. Yeah. Peavy, I think I'll have a cup of coffee. Mm, very well. Maybe it'll help me get an idea. Need an idea, do you? Peavy, Marjorie and Bronco are about to buy a lot. Hmm? What's wrong with buying a lot? Yeah, nothing wrong with buying a lot. But this one is across the street from Mrs. Thompson. My, my. Yeah, I'm losing them, Peavy. I've got to figure out some way to stop them. Well, why don't you think of some way to discourage the purchase? You're the water commissioner. Why don't you flood the lot? <laughs> What's this, Peavy? People are always reluctant to buy a lot that's underwater. Yuffer. Peavy, it's breaking my heart that the kids aren't buying next door to me. Well, why don't they? Well, they feel the price is a little high. And the real estate man said the owner wouldn't come down a penny. Not too bad. You suppose it'd help any if you talked to the owner? Yeah, I don't think so. Sometimes a personal appeal is very effective. It might be worth a try. Maybe so. If you work it right, you might be able to shave off a few hundred dollars for Bronco and Marjorie. Yeah, George, I might at that. Yeah, I'll go see him right away. And if that doesn't work, you can always threaten to cut off his water. Peavy! <laughs> uh, might as well go in the back way. Ooh, what a day. What a hard man that lot owner is. You wouldn't budge a penny. Evening, Mr. Gillsleeve. Hello, Bertie. Is Margie and Bronco home yet? No, sir, but we got somebody else in the parlor. You? Who? Mr. and Miss Thompson. Yeah, my goodness. What are they doing here? Miss Thompson says she wants to talk to you. You yeah, she's exactly me. Yeah, I'll go in. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Thompson. Well, Gildersleeve, we're seeing a lot of each other. Yes, indeed. Mr. Gildersleeve, you're late getting home. We've been waiting. Yeah, sorry, Mrs. Thompson, didn't know you were here. Gildersleeve doesn't know everything, Martha. I'm aware of that. <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve, I came by to make a suggestion. Another one? Yeah, I mean, uh, go ahead, Mrs. Thompson. Since Bronco and Marjorie are buying a lot near us, I suggest that they move to our house immediately. But why? The children should be nearby to supervise the construction of their house. They're buying a lot, you know, Gildersleeve. Yes, I know. And with my experience in homemaking, I can be of immense help. They can consult with me on everything. Yeah, well, Mrs. Thompson, let's not move so fast. How do you know they've bought the lot? Mr. Gildersleeve, I talked to the children this morning, and it was their intention to sign the contract today. Well, I... Oh, I know you wanted them to live next door to you, but I haven't been asleep, Mr. Gildersleeve. You'll just have to take your medicine. Are you sick, Gildersleeve? <laughs> I don't know. Come on in, Bronco, and put 
well, the whole family's here. Hello, Marjorie. Hi, folks. Hello, children. Oh, yes. Hello. We've got great news for you. Marge and I have bought our lot. Oh? I told you so, Mr. Gildersleeve. Children, I was on the lot this afternoon, and I've decided on just the type house you should build. Uh, Mother, we didn't buy the lot across from you. You didn't? No, we decided to buy this lot next door to Mr. Gildersleeve. You did? Ronco, you didn't. Now, Mother Thompson, he said he did. What's going on? What? <laughs> Leroy, we just bought the lot next door. The key. But I thought it was too much dough. Well, it was a funny thing. We can't figure it out. The man called us this afternoon and came down $500 on his price. $500? Well, imagine that. Mr. Gildersleeve? Yes, Mrs. Thompson? Did you have anything to do with this? Who? Me? You wouldn't she like to know. <laughs> well, Leroy, it's been quite a day. It sure has. Hey, Unc. Yes, my boy? Pretty nice of that lot owner coming down exactly $500. Yeah, fine fellow. You know, I've been thinking about that new car we were going to get. Who? Our old car isn't in bad shape. I bet it'll last another year. Sure. Anyway, we won't have to drive much with Marge and Bronk living next door. Yeah, that's right. They seem to be out of cigars. How about letting me buy you one, Unc? What? I've still got a quarter. Yeah, thank you, my boy. You know, I'll get Peavy to charge you. Good night, folks. <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White and is partially transcribed. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Dick Prenna, Jeanette Nolan, Joseph Kearns, Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. You know, it takes three things to make a sandwich. The bread, then meat or cheese or egg, whatever you like best in between. And the third thing is, mmm, a touch of real mustard. For when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. That is, if it's Kraft's prepared mustard. There are two kinds, you know. Kraft's salad mustard, mild and delicately spiced, and Kraft's mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both on hand for different tastes, different uses. Remember, when you add just a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. Get Kraft's prepared mustard. Groucho Marx, you bet your life he's next on NBC. Santa Seeger, we're in a divided by $100.
I love You Bet Your Life. Me too. I wish it was next. <laughs> yeah, we got to play another You Bet Your Life uh, very soon. But that's the great Gildersleeve, my brother's least favorite radio show. He's crabby, man, my brother. Well, Ooh. it must run in the family. I guess. I guess as I get older, because he's 12 years older than me, so... As I get older, I'm just going to get crabbier, I guess. It's Lisa. not going to get better, Gosh, Carl. that's not good. No. How do I not get crabbier? Um, put a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this show does. Uh, these classic radio shows do put a smile on my face. November 7th, 1951, The Great Gildersleeve. What a cast. Earl Ross, Richard Legrand. You had uh, Mary Lee Robb. You had... Um, Oh, gosh. Uh, Richard Crenna on there. Great cast. Joseph Kearns. That is the great Gildersleeve, sponsored by Kraft, as heard on NBC. All right, time for this month in music history. All righty. This is our last song from the 1950s. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. That's the theme for Happy Days. Right. Well, so the most successful version was recorded by Bill Haley and his Comets. That was in 1954. Right. But then in 74, the original version returned to the charts when it, of course, was used for the theme for American Graffiti. Ah. And then re-recorded version by Haley, which is Bill Haley and the Comets, was used for Happy Days. Um, But only in its first two seasons. Did you know that? I didn't pretty much follow anything you just said there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Very confusing, Lisa. Is it? You had me running up and down rabbit holes there. Okay, let's that. just go with 1954, Bill Haley and the Comet. Thank you. Great. Very good. Thanks, Lisa Wolf. I'm going to keep things simple for you, Carl. Please do. <laughs> More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next week, it's the six-shooter, Suspense, Boston Blackie, The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet, and Cloak and Dagger. What a great lineup, right, Lisa? Well, right. That's I, I do a good that's job putting we, it all together. Yes, you do. You pick all of those shows out. I know. Be sure to visit our official website at Hollywood360radio.com for my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Costella, and my crabby brother, Vince Amari, this is Carl Amari saying stay safe, be healthy, and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Way Showers who will help your journey go a lot easier.